Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. I want to talk about um, something a little bit kind of out of the box, which is pretty usual. We're <laughs> always good to talk out of the box, a little bit on the, on the edge in some regards, because I think that uh, too often we, uh, we get used to some things in our Christian life. And there is one thing I don't think we should ever get used to, and that is the warfare that is going on for your life uh, and the spiritual realm. And so I really feel to speak on that because I don't think we Westerners, particularly Christian Westerners, really understand the full implications of what's going on in our world. As you know, Viv and I, we've had some pretty wicked experiences uh, of recent days, uh, uh, well, over the last 12 months now, nearly 12 months since we had the uh, rains come in August last year. Remember that, in Nelson? And it greatly affected our property. And, and we've had a lot of other things going on as well, which would indicate practical dynamics, absolutely. But we cannot dismiss the spiritual dynamic as well. And so I felt that I needed to share on it just because I was... Uh, we were uh, invited to speak uh, in a, uh, to a church in the Auckland region uh, in the month of May. And the pastor's wife there, she... Uh, began to, uh, I guess, use the word of knowledge, and she began to say, well, there's a spirit around your lives, uh, a spirit that's been active around your lives that uh, needs, uh, you need to, you know, recognise that, understand that, and and deal to it. And uh, and she called it a spirit of python. Now, I've never heard of the spirit of python before. Uh, It's an interesting, interesting one. I kind of, to be honest, uh, it was part of the word was there's a spirit of python around your, around your lives that's trying to um, intimidate and trying to uh, take away from you the effectiveness that God has for your future and uh, your influence in your future. There is greater things that God wants to do in your life, but at the moment there's a spirit that's wrapped around your life that's trying to... Um, uh, uh, stop you from being that and stop you from going to greater levels. And I thought, well, uh, that's an interesting word. I kind of dismissed it for a while. And I thought the last couple of weeks, I thought I should do some study on it uh, because, you know, we're just wanting to see a breakthrough. We've, we've had some good news this week, by the way, and I'm pretty sure the reason for the good news, part of the reason for the good news is because I've been attentive to the spiritual dynamic uh, and recognising the enemy uh, that's been around our lives, that is possible, that it, it, I'm not saying it is because I don't want to be too super spiritual about it, but it is possible that being specific in my prayers against this specific spirit has actually opened up doors to, uh, to, to push through to uh, a place of um, resolve uh, in, in, the, you know, in the natural. So uh, spiritual first, then natural. Always the way. Kingdom, the kingdom, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You pray the kingdom of God into a situation and, and believing for kingdom work to come, then the, your own natural kind of world becomes a little bit more uh, uh, productive and the realization of seeing, you know, God doing something in your life uh, even more so 
as you pray into specific things. I mean, there's no, you know, it's, it's hard to go to battle, isn't it, when you don't know who your enemy is? Right? So let me talk about that. Spirit of Python. Did you know it's in the Bible? Acts chapter, um, I guess one of the reasons why I want to say this is because, let me just, uh, you know, do you feel like you are fighting a battle that's getting the best of you? Do you feel limited? Do you feel hindered? Do you feel unproductive? Does it feel like some invisible force is trying to squeeze the life out of your dream? To squeeze the life out of your marriage, choking the spiritual breath out of your walk with God? The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are in a spiritual battle. The battle is real. The devil is real. And he would much rather we ignore him and pretend that he doesn't exist and just talk about something else. But the truth is that we are under attack like never before. Families are in crisis and you can't win a war or a battle if you cannot discern who your enemy really is, as I said before. So uh, so I went on this bit of a journey and I found a scripture in regards to the spirit and it's the story in Acts chapter 16. Okay, you with me all right this morning? Okay, let's have a look at the scripture. It's a pretty awesome story, uh, pretty out there. It says here, now it happened as we went to prayer. This is Paul and Silas deciding one morning they woke up and just went to prayer and uh, as they were going to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. Now, if you look at the word divination in the Greek, which is what it was originally written in, it's the word python. Spirit of divination, the divination word is python. And it says that the spirit of divination, the python, this girl, met us. Uh, now, now the divination, divination is the imitation of the divine. Divination is the imitation of the divine. And it says they brought, uh, she, they, they, so the spirit of divination, met, girl with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So basically she was literally uh, sharing prophecies from hell about people's future. That's what a fortune teller does. So this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Now there's nothing wrong with that. when it's true. They are from God most high. They are servants of the, the most high God. But it was the way that she was saying it. All right. And uh, she was chanting it for many, many days. The spirit was ridiculing, mocking, and seeking to intimidate uh, through these declarations that she was making on a daily basis for many days. But Paul, after many days, got greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Very quick sentence, which I tell you what gives us hope for all of us. There's hope for all of us in this message. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. 
And when her masters saw that their hope of profit was now gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and they said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them in to prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, everybody say, but at midnight. midnight. You might be right on 11 o'clock right now. But midnight is coming, people. Midnight is coming. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was, everybody say, suddenly, Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul cried out in a loud voice and said, stop, do not harm yourself for we are all here Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and he washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptised. Baptised. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. That's what I'm saying. After this message, you might want to get baptised. Get baptised. They they were immediately baptised. That's cool, isn't it? And uh, and so, uh, so, so great. Okay, let's put this picture up. Here's a python. That's a python. Uh, Interesting animal indeed. This girl was not just troubled. The whole city was troubled by this particular spirit and uh, the spirit of the city of Philippi uh, at that particular time. And uh, the spirit would begin to speak. It would say things. It wasn't saying things about the future because it knew things about the future. It was saying things about the future to try and to convince people to believe those things. And when they believe those things, demonic powers would create those things. You want to go to a fortune teller, you're getting a prophecy from hell. And the issue is, is that they don't actually become, they're not actually truth. It's actually lies. But what happens is you get told the lie and you believe it. And then those things come to being. That's how it works. Uh, Just in case you didn't know that. You know, because some people do ask, you know, well, how does fortune telling work? How come they can tell the future? Well, they can't. They just make you believe something that's actually not the future, but it becomes the future because you believe it. Right? Okay, moving on. It's the Python spirit. Uh, There's things that you are being told in your own head right now that are actually lies, but they're coming to reality because you believe the lie. It's a Python spirit that's around your life. There are a lot of things that happened over the last 12 months for us that I began to believe a little bit differently to how I should have. I wasn't sleeping at night. Uh, I, was, uh, I was getting to a point where, you know, not enough sleep was actually creating a lot of 
um, anger and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of different things that were, was going on. Uh, I wouldn't say that Viv and I were in the best place together as well. I mean, it wasn't that we were fighting each other, but we were certainly, you know, I go into my man cave. That's what I, I don't know what you do, but I kind of like, you know, go and keep a little bit quiet on things, don't I? Is that quiet? Yeah, it's more that than an angry kind of in your face, say, eh, hun. Um, so, so there, you know, there's things that actually happen to you when you, even though there's things that have happened externally, those external things can actually, not that that's a spirit, but sometimes the spirit can, you know, Paul says don't give the devil a foothold and that's what we do sometimes. Okay, let's move on because we've got so much to, are you okay with this? All right, so, so it wasn't just happening to this girl, it was actually happening in the city. Um, the devil has no power over your future, only God does. But people mess up their futures by what they believe. All kinds of crazy people talking about the future and where it's going to end, right? Even now, newscasters don't tell us about the news anymore. They prophesy about our tomorrow. They're unleashing a fierce and venomous false prophecy about the future of this generation. And it's not because they're evil people. It's because they're under the spell of a demonic, a demonic entity that's squeezing and using them to be the main proprietors, the main proponents of fear because Python has friends and one of its friends is the spirit of fear. You with me? So the Python spirit was active at this time as well and the slave girl was earning her owners big money because everybody wanted to know their future, their, their fortune. Our own government could be seen to be doing the same. Now, I'm not anti-government, by the way, but they have paid our media $50 million a year because everybody wants to know their fortune. They want to know their future. It was just as prevalent in Paul's day in the city of Philippi as it is now. So we have a confrontation between kingdoms, between light and darkness. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And this is really important. If you're wanting to fight this current culture that we're in, you do not fight it in the flesh as a Christian. You fight it in the Spirit. Too many people are putting up protesting flags and banners and things like that. But that's not the way we fight as Christians. The way we fight as Christians is in the Spirit. And we've got to pray you would humble yourselves and pray, God will heal your land, bring revival upon the land. But it's a spiritual solution rather than just a practical solution. Um, Anyway, sorry, that was out there. Okay. So though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, reminding us that we are continually engaged in a war. This war is between Satan and God. It's between good and evil. It's between truth and deception, between light and darkness. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience obedience of Christ. So the story of the slave girl is told because it is something that God is trying to give us an insight into. There's an insight here. Only time in the book of Acts is a spirit actually named. It's the spirit of divination. It's the python spirit. The python is not just another snake, by the way. Snakes in the Bible, they represent demons, demonic spirits. 
But this spirit is the only one named in the book of Acts. Jesus said in Luke 10 that we would tread on serpents. The Bible in the book of Genesis tells us that Lucifer slithered into the Garden of Eden with the body of a serpent. In the book of Revelation, the Bible calls Satan that old serpent, the devil. So there must be a reason why it was not a spirit of cobra or a spirit of rattlesnake, but it was a spirit of python that the predominant spirit that will come against you would be the spirit of Python. And God wanted you to understand how the spirit would try to destroy your life. He wanted you to have this mental picture in your mind on how a Python kills its victims. So Python is a snake that is after one thing. He doesn't kill his victims by injecting poison. It's not by his fangs uh, that he kills his victim like the cobra does. Uh, or the rattlesnake, the python kills its victims by coiling himself around them and beginning to squeeze and constrict and choke the very breath out of their victim. You see, python is after one thing. The spirit of python is after your breath. There were times and have been times recently when we've been talking about the issues and I've had to say, Viv, we just need to take a deep breath. The reason for that is because we felt a constriction around us. Uh, around our our life. And we felt like we couldn't breathe. We were short breathing. And uh, and, and so we would have to stop and actually literally physically take a a, a massive breath. Anybody feel like taking a big breath this morning? (sighs) Yeah. Breath in the Bible represents the Spirit of God. Uh, Jesus Jesus said in John chapter 20, well, he didn't say it, he breathed on the disciples. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. Breath, air, the Bible represents the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, it represents the Holy Spirit, right? Breath and air, the breath and the life of God. And Python comes to choke the life of God out of you. He doesn't kill his victim instantly. He just does it slowly. He begins suddenly, gradually and slowly to choke out your life. When Python begins to get a hold of you, he begins to squeeze and choke the life out of your praise and out of your walk with God. It squeezes the life, the breath, the joy, the strength, the faith, the vision and the hope out of people. And I I, I can vouch for that. When this pastor's wife said, you've got a spirit of Python, I thought, you've got to be crazy. Like, how can that be? And, uh, And it's not that I'm possessed by a demon, but I can be oppressed. And we can open doors by circumstances. Things happen in our life and we open doorways that that, that don't possess us by a demonic, but can oppress us. We can be oppressed simply by the things that happen around our life. And uh, until um, finally what happens is the victim, sorry, the python kills his victim um, by swallowing him whole. These pythons, they can take whole animals and, uh, and just swallow them whole. And that's what the devil wants to do. He's out to kill, destroy, st- st- kill, steal and destroy your life. And it tightens, but first before he swallows, he kind of allows the victim to exhale. And when it exhales, it squeezes it even more. And so it can't breathe. Uh, I remember a, a bit of a diving scenario where I ran out of air once with my oxygen tanks. And I was about 20 metres down and suddenly couldn't breathe. So I know that feeling, that kind of, <gasps> can't breathe, can't But Anyway, that's just another story. I'm okay. 
I survived that one. But, uh, uh, okay, so here we go. How do you know you're under a spiritual attack? You ready for this? Here's some things. Number one, you lose spiritual desire. You lose spiritual desire. Just your desire for God. Your spiritual, it's like spiritual oppression. You're going through the motions, but little spirituality is expressed in your life. I love the message, by the way, that Jared and Alicia spoke last week. If you weren't, if you weren't there, look, go online. Don't, just go online and have a listen to it, particularly for those of you who are parents and have children. They did such a great, um, great presentation of uh, raising God, godly kids or raising kids God's way. I, uh, I just love it. And I just think that too often, because they really hit the God thing in it big time. Just come on, parents, we've got to raise our kids up. You know, we say, oh, well, I give, it to my, I give them to the Sunday school teacher for an hour on a Sunday or, or to the youth group on a, on a Wednesday night. Yeah, but the Bible says, t- parents, you're to teach your kids. Train your kids in the way they should go. And, uh, you know, they won't forget. They won't uh, when they are older, they shall not depart from what you have taught them. And so it's a really, really great message. I really encourage you to get it. But I think often the Python spirit can come around families and stop us from praying, stop us from reading the word. And then, then as Jared said last week, what did you say, Jared? Uh, what happens is, um, you know, you, uh, you make it optional. You make things optional with God. And then the next generation just see it as unnecessary. Uh, which I thought was really interesting. Okay, so we lose our passion for God. One of the primary goals of the Python spirit is to drain believers of their passion for God and His Word. And uh, this can be recognised when individuals lose interest in reading the Bible, lose interest in praying, or even, uh, you know, coming to church. Uh, It can hinder spiritual growth. The Python spirit seeks to hinder spiritual growth by causing stagnation in the lives of believers. This can be seen in a lack of progress in their faith journey and an inability to break free from sinful habits. Blessed is the man and woman who delights in the word of the Lord. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for the living water. When the spirit of Python is around your life, you have little desire for spiritual things. Number two, the second thing, the second way you know you're under attack is physical, emotional exhaustion. Big thing in our world today. Physical, emotional exhaustion. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. He will wear out the saints of the Most High. That's uh, what the enemy wants to do. Uh, he'll wear you down, get, weary, get you weary in doing well, in doing good. Your strength gets that. Paul said, if you don't faint or become weary in doing good, in due season you will reap a, a harvest. But you can just get tired, right? And it's, and it's beyond just needing a break, this kind of dynamic, when there's a spirit around it, you actually quit all the good that you were doing. The other thing about it under the um, number two is, is just that heavy burden. The Python spirit manifests as a heavy burden and a sense of weariness, causing believers to feel overwhelmed and exhausted. This is in direct opposition to the abundant life that Jesus promises. John 10, 10. I have come that you might have life. The thief does not come except to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Number two, uh, I think it's number two, is fear, paralyzing fear. Fear is one of the primary weapons of the Python spirit. The enemy uses fear to paralyze and control believers, preventing them from stepping out in faith and fulfilling their God-given purpose. Great scripture, right? 2 Timothy 1.7 says what? We don't have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, 
sound mind. The other thing is anxiety and worry, of course, that goes along with fear. They're all kind of friends. Anxiety and worry are also common symptoms of the python spirit. These negative emotions can consume a person's thoughts and hinder their ability to trust God and His promises. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The next thing is nightmares and sleep disturbances. I've talked about this a lot in days gone by. But the python spirit will attack believers during their sleep. I can vouch for this causing nightmares and sleep disturbances. And this can then lead to chronic fatigue and a weakened state, making individuals more susceptible to further spiritual attacks. Psalm 4, 8 says this, uh, those who trust in the Lord, uh, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now, it's easy to quote these scriptures. It's another thing to actually make them a reality in your life when you're going through difficult times. But this is the Word of God. And the Word of God, when the Word of God becomes your foundation and the basis of all that you believe, of all that you believe then you're able to, uh, uh, what we found ourselves doing was quoting Scripture, worshipping God to actually overcome those moments, those moments where it's like, I've got to take a breath, I've got to take a breath. And some of you that are sitting here this morning, you're here for a reason. God wanted you here. Um, it's the middle of the school holidays, we know that, and uh, there are some people not here, but there are others who are here, who are probably here for the first time. The reason why you're here is because God wants you to hear this message. Otherwise, why would He bring you here? Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's just being attentive to understanding where am I at, what's around my life, and let's get, let's get it dealt with. If it's not good, let's get it dealt with. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. The next thing is confusion and lack of clarity. The Python spirit thrives in an environment of confusion, often causing believers to feel uncertain about their purpose and direction in life. This lack of clarity can hinder individuals from making wise decisions and walking in the will of God. I was involved with a church, uh, a well-known church in our country last year, and that was exactly what was going on. I would come home from the meetings and I would be so confused about the issues that were actually happening. I couldn't make sense of it. And a lot of people couldn't either. And and it's still reeling, really, in regards to this, uh, even though things are getting better there. But uh, God's Word, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 30, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. But of peace. Number four is relational strife. You still with me? Okay. Division and discord. Relational strife. The Python spirit works to create division and discord among believers and among families, pitting them against one another and causing, causing strife within the body. This can manifest as gossip, slander, and unforgiveness, which can tear apart relationships and hinder the effectiveness of the family unit and of the church. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19, we won't go there, but it lists disunity among the brethren, among the family, as one of the things that the Lord hates. The other thing is control and manipulation. The python spirit often operates through control and manipulation as it seeks to dominate and influence the lives of others. This can manifest in various ways, including spiritual abuse, unhealthy relationships within families and friendships. Uh, Galatians 5.1 reminds us that to, to stand fast, therefore, in the freedom by which Christ has set you free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
The other issue that Python spirit can bring is isolation and loneliness. It's a big, it's a biggie. And it see, as it seeks to separate believers from their support and encouragement of their faith community, this can lead to a deep sense of despair and vulnerability, making it easier for the enemy to further attack and oppress. Hebrews chapter 10 is a great one for this. It emphasises the importance of fellowship. Let us consider one another in order to stir up uh, love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Here's the number five. Okay, number five is health issues. Health issues. The python spirit manifests as physical ailments and sickness, causing pain, discomfort and weakness in the body. While not all health issues are directly caused by the enemy, it is essential to recognise when spiritual forces are at work and to seek prayer and healing. James 5, chapter 14, James chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. Is any one among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed, they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. I love that scripture, powerful scripture. We don't do it enough as an eldership here in this church and we need to do it more. Uh, mental and ment- uh, emotional and mental struggles. The python spirit can also attack a person's emotional and mental well-being, causing depression, anxiety and other emotional struggles. We have as much depression going on now as we did 80 years ago in World War II. It's the same level of mental, bad mental health now as what it was in World War II. We are in a war today. Uh, and the scripture that I think defeats that kind of uh, dynamic is this 1 Peter 5, 7, which encourages us to cast all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. Uh, I want to talk about chronic fatigue for a moment because uh, something that uh, I have personally struggled with in my younger years. A chronic, fa- chronic fatigue can be another symptom of the python spirit as it seeks to drain believers of their energy and vitality. This can make it difficult to engage in daily activities and responsibilities leading to a sense of hopeless, hopelessness and despair. They, and the, the scripture that, that says, Isaiah 40 verse 31, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. Okay, so how do we fix this? How do you fix it when you're under spiritual attack? After many days, Paul turned to the girl with the python spirit and commanded the spirit to leave in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus is pretty powerful. It's all powerful. And within the hour, that spirit had left this girl. And it was markedly changed her to the point where the owners of the slave girl was not, they knew they wouldn't make any more money out of her. I think, first of all, number one, uh, well, that's number one. We'll make this one number two. Remember you have been made to outlast the storm. How do you deal with this kind of spiritual attack? Remember you have been made to outlast the storm. There are two builders, a wise builder and a foolish builder. The wise builder built it on his, built his house on a solid foundation. That is Jesus Christ. In other words, if you're a wise builder, you'll build it on Jesus. You'll build your life on Jesus. And he has built you, therefore, to outlast the storm. And when the storm is over and the wind ceases and the rain stops, you, <laughs> the rain stops, that's a good one, you will still be standing because he built you to outlast the storm. Our house hasn't really outlasted the storm. 
in a practical sense, but we have been built to outlast the storm. God knew the storm you were going through and He built a foundation in you that cannot be moved and cannot be shaken. Got to believe it. Number three, spiritual attack. Don't forget the power of partnership. Two is better than one, everybody. Two is better than one. If two of you agree, it shall be done. One can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000. Two guys, Paul and Silas, prayed and set every prisoner free. They prayed, two guys prayed and set every prisoner free. It's amazing what two people can do when they agree in prayer. Great answer. And number three, here's a goodie. The third thing they did was they worshipped. They praised God. Paul and Silas worshipped God. Uh, now, I, I, you know, I like this one because Paul wrote back some years later to the people in Philippi and, and Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. This is a long time later. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now, only someone who's had the, the beating beaten out of them, but still worship God could write that. It was, he, he was still bleeding and they were worshipping God. He was beaten and they were worshipping God. He was chained and they were worshipping God. If the devil can't stop your worship, he can't stop your breakthrough. He can't stop your breakthrough. Worship changes the atmosphere. Worship changes the outcome. Worship changes history. Worship heals. David wrote a psalm, a beautiful psalm, and and Christ quoted it as well. In Psalm chapter 8, and this is the Passion Version, it says, You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies, Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Amazing. There's the whole Jehoshaphat story where he sent a worshipping nation out in front of of, uh, uh, the the warriors, the, the fighters. And they began to worship, and as they began to worship, there was victory. Not one sword had been drawn. It was just simply by worship. Worship changes the atmosphere. When you can worship God for being good, while you're still going through something bad, you create a spiritual contradiction that shakes the foundations of injustice and of demonic activity, and you release a breakthrough into your story. The foundations of the prison were shaken. And we need foundational change, absolutely. We need Jesus, we need His Kingdom, we need truth, we need right justice. And how do we get there? Pray for it. There's got to be a voice of the church that rises up. That's you and I. We've got to rise up in declaration of truth, singing songs of worship, praying prayers of authority until things change. That's exactly what we've had to do over the last 12 months just simply pray, worship, pray, worship, praise to see a victory. And we're not quite there yet. But I kind of feel like even over the last few days that something shifted in the atmosphere. We continue to praise and we continue to worship. So how are you? How are you doing? Where are you at? 
The Holy Spirit is here this morning. He wants to shift something in your life. He wants to bring you back to a new place, bring you back to a new place. Some of us, you've lost your first love. He wants to bring you back to there, absolutely. But others of you, you've never found love. You've never found God's love. And He wants to take you there this morning. Too often we have an enemy who is really trying to steal that from us. God wants to breathe on you again and He wants to breathe on you right now. Come on, take a deep breath. Breathe in the Spirit of God. Jesus breathed on His disciples and they received the Holy Ghost. Imagine Jesus standing in front of you right now, just beginning to breathe over you, breathing life, breathing freedom, breathing power, breathing the, the, the anointing, the anointing of God that destroys the yoke, the burden that you've been carrying for so long. The Holy Spirit coming and breaking the spirit of Python over your life that leads you into a whole new place of victory, a whole new joy, having a joy about being here, having a joy about who God is, having a joy about His Word, being joyful in your circumstance, even if your circumstance is bad. We know God is good, so we rejoice in who God is. Maybe you've become like the slave girl and you're foretelling things that come from the pit of hell in your own mind. And it's just lies. For some of you, you've lost your spiritual hunger. Passion for Jesus has been dialed down. You're burdened down and you're weary. You're constantly in fear, always anxious, or you're confused about your future, or you're always in relational strife. You've got health issues going on time and time again. Emotional and mental struggles. You feel like your breath is being sucked out of you. Would you like some prayer? I heard a yes please over the side there. All right, how about we all stand? that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to say, Brent, I'm feeling like I've got something going on around my life. I know I need some prayer. Come on, raise your hand high so I can see. Okay, okay, all right. All right, we can't do this standing up. We've got to, well, we can do it standing up, but we can't do it with you just sitting in the crowd. I think we've got to get up the front here. There's just too many hands going up right now. So come on, those of you raising your hands, come on, quickly slip out the front. Let's pray. We're gonna pray, pray together. Come on, you feel like this has been... God's speaking to you this morning, recognising that we are in a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare going on right now. I want every Christian praying, every Christian praying. Yep, that's you as well. Those of you who are coming up front, I want you praying as well. But you're about to see something break off your life in the Name of Jesus, in the Name of Jesus. I was sick for two years with that chronic fatigue. They called it ME, myalgic encephalitis. And one day, one moment, I suddenly came in a meeting like this where the preacher just said, hey, if you're sick, stand up. I began to pray the simple prayer of healing and I was instantly healed. I'd been two years sick with this incurable sickness. I walked away from that meeting completely healed. Now you might not have chronic fatigue, but you probably got something going on. That's why you're up here, right? Right? Okay, come on, let's believe for the suddenly in Jesus' Name. The suddenly this morning. Thank You, Lord. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna pray, then we're gonna worship God. Because worship is a key to your freedom. Worship is a key to your freedom. In the Name of Jesus. Thank You, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.